My waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Urell, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And again, we have a fabulous guest with us today. His name is Mitchell Scott Lewis, and he's an astrologer. He's also a great writer, and I'm looking at his book here. It's called Murder in the 11th House. And let me tell you, if you guys like murder mysteries, this was fantastic, with a twist of astrology included in it. But before I bring our guest on, let me give you a little information about Mitchell Scott Lewis. He's been a professional astrologer in New York City for more than three decades, specializing in financial astrology and medical chart interpretation, as well as relationships, elective astrology, and life direction. So throughout the 90s, he worked on the floor of the New York Mercantile Exchange and became well-known as an astrological trader and market analysis. He, he, his international astrology clientele includes leading financiers, health professionals, renowned entertainment industry figures, and people from all walks of life. In Living by Starlight, his ongoing monthly newsletter, as well as in lectures and numerous appearances on national television and radio, he has accurately predicted a number of world events, including the rise and fall of oil prices, the collapse of the housing market, the 08 stock market crash, and more. You know, I am so excited to have him here. We're going to talk about some of his books, uh, his Starlight Detective Agency Mystery Series, and so we're going to talk about that today. Hey, Mitch, welcome to High Road to Humanity. Thank you, Nancy. Great to be here. So nice to have you. I have so many questions for you, but I guess my first question is, how did you get into astrology? An interesting story. I was living in Cambridge, Massachusetts, so I was a young upstart of a child, (laughs) and um, woman lived across the hall from me, called herself uh, a witch. Oh, wow. And she gave us a witch. That's what yeah. she referred to herself as. Yeah. And she gave astrology readings. Okay. So, you know, we became friendly. We were neighbors. And so she gave me a reading for a few bucks. And I still actually have notes from all those years ago. She told me more about myself in that one hour than the shrinks had told me since I was six years old. And my mother should have been in therapy, but they sent me instead. <laughs> And I, I, I was absolutely floored. So I called my brother, who also lived up in Boston. Okay. I said to him, you know, I just got an astrology meeting. He said, you're kidding. So did I. What? I'm a different astrologer. Yeah. Oh, I was my very gosh. big in Cambridge then. And uh, so I went to his astrologer and got a reading from Ed Kammerer, his name was. And he told me very similar to what uh, uh, this woman had told me, but from her, his own point of view. Right. My brother and I were hooked. We both started studying astrology at the same time, all those years ago, okay. with a woman named Isabel Hickey, very well-known astrologer. She's passed yeah. on. I've heard of her. And yeah, she was great. Yeah. And uh, and I, you know, and I, I'm a musician by trade. Right. That's my, my, how I made my living for many years, and of course now I'm a novelist. I do a lot of different things, and uh, even through all those years, I always did charts. 
and I couldn't let people know in the clubs in New York and in Boston, every place else that I was an astrologer, because they would all bring their charts in. Oh, Tell okay. Me reading. We don't want to hear your music. Tell me about me. You know? Oh, okay. So all through, all through my career, I, I did astrology. I've always done it. And then uh, it got to a point where, to tell you the truth, sitting in a piano bar for $100 and a piece of stale chicken until 2 o'clock in the morning became less exciting. And so I got into astrology full-time. Right. Uh, I still do music. I still send out songs. I write uh, new songs. Yeah. And I'm going to interrupt you a second. I looked at your website, and y'all, just so you know, um, and his website is jupiterrising.com, and you you have your songs on your website, and they're I very do. good. They're very Thank good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. That's an album that I made many years ago. Uh, actually, the first song on the album, Love is an Easy Find, charted. I got it on the national charts. Oh, wow. Okay. Very excited. All right. When so, did it come out? When did that? When did it? Oh, God. Probably 1990. Okay. Okay. Well, you're very good. You're very good because I listened to some of those on your website. Um, How did you get into writing books? Now, I just read, and we're going to talk about this book today, Murder in the 11th House. This was really cool. I mean, this is a detective story, a detective who uses astrology to find, you know, to solve the case. It was just really neat. How did you decide to do this? I come from a family of writers. Okay. My father was a writer. He was a novelist. He wrote a lot of, a lot, a whole lot of stuff, uh, short stories. And he even wrote the anti-smoking commercials for the Heart Association for oh 25 God. years. Oh, my God. And he, and he smoked his whole life. <laughs> but he, okay. he always said, write about what you know. Right. And he, wrote, he wrote masterful commercials. There was one where a little child is following his father and imitates everything the father does. And then they sit down under a tree and the father takes out a pack of cigarettes. First, the announcer says, like, father, like son. Uh-huh. And then the father takes out a pack of cigarettes and he, and he takes one out. And then the child picks up the pack and the announcer says, like, father, like son. Right. Think about it. Right. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Anyway, is, so, uh, and his cousin, his, his cousin was a very famous uh, uh, film writer. Okay. Uh, Louis Meltzer, he, he wrote... Uh, uh, the Man with the Golden Arm, the Frank Sinatra movie about oh, yeah. addiction. Yeah. And he wrote the adaptation, The Golden Boy. So, he, you know, I come from it naturally. And as I always like to say when clients say to me, oh, my, my son or my daughter is showing some creative talent. I say, if I had a child that showed any talent in the arts, I'd lock them in their room until they're 40. <laughs> and they could decide what to do with their life. That's great. Well, That's I love, career. what was the first, now the first book you wrote was? Well, actually, the first book that was published was the one that you're holding up. Murder in, Murder the, 11th in the 11th House. house. Okay. But I wrote, I wrote Death in the 12th House first. Oh. It's about the murder of three aging rock stars. And why would anybody bump off these, you know, these guys? They're not firebrands anymore. Why would they kill them? Right. And I tried to get that published. And the publishers rejected it because they said, well, you know, rock stars, everybody's heroes. I don't know. So I said to the guy who was the contact for me, my editor, I yeah. said, I'm going to write another one. Right. And I sat down and banged out this one. 
Yeah. And they loved it and they bought it and then they bought the second one. Yeah, because it was really good. And, and I'm just going to tell the audience, you guys, it's called Murder in the 11th House, a Starlight Detective Agency Mystery. And it was just really, really good. I, I have to say, Mitch, I really like that you did short chapters because I'm a quick kind of girl and I could stop in the middle of the book and then go back to it. And it was intriguing. You know, I wanted to find out what happened, like who done it. You know what I mean? So it was Great. really good. Yeah. And you know, Nancy, were- that does my that does my heart good, Nolan, because these are really, really, uh, you know, love. I love the characters. I'm yes. really fond of them. Well, and that was one of my questions. So as far as like some of you talk about it that takes place in New York City. Now, are these places that you've walked? Oh, yes. That's what I thought. That's what New I York thought. is a walking city. Right. You know, I, I, I do. I. I I believe in low impact exercise. I also right. work out with weights and whatnot my whole life. I was in the martial arts, did a lot of stuff. But now I like low impact, so I'll walk five or ten miles in okay. New York. Manhattan okay. is just one flat, you know, urban area with a lunatic on every corner to entertain you. And in each of the books, David Lowell takes strolls through New York. And okay. you get to, to, to talk about different areas of it. Okay, because I picked up on that. Yeah, I've been to New York, but I picked up on, you know, all the different areas that you talk about and all the little, you know, places that you go. Now, are you divorced and do you have a daughter? Uh, No, no, I don't. Okay, because in the story, the Uh, the man is divorced and he has a daughter that is an attorney. Well, in the later books, you'll find out more about his life. I Ah. decided what I wanted to do sometimes when someone does a series. The first book tells you everything about the character. Right. And then, you know, you go, I am spoon feeding it. Ah, okay, okay. You learn a little bit more about his his ex-wife who he still wants to, you know, whatever. I'm gonna I'm not gonna tell you too much. Don't tell me because I, I haven't read the next book yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the second book, the, the the one about the rock and rollers is is perhaps I don't know if I have a favorite. That's like saying who's your favorite child. Right, right. But um but I love it because of the music business which I spent so much of my life in. Right. And I loved recording. I spent half my life in a recording studio and and uh, this is all about and there are three rockers who come to quote unquote help the detective. Oh. And they're based on Bob Dylan, Billy Joel, and Paul Simon. Oh, how cool is that? Okay, they're all that's, New Yorkers. So, I love you know, it. I, I love have it. The, I give them different names, but that's who they are. So if you read the book, you'll get you'll get that. You know? Okay. Well, you know, we we're getting ready to go to a commercial break, but before um, when we come back, uh, what I'd really like to talk about, and and I know everybody does this to you, is talk about what's happening astrologically um, with the world. I mean, it's just well, a crazy time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy time. And Nancy, no one ever calls an astrologer because things are going too well. I know. <laughs> really, they say, hey, my life is great. When's it going to screw up? <laughs> Usually just the opposite. I so, love it. I love I'm it. very busy now answering the end of the world questions, yes. So if people want to get in touch with you, how do they find you? Well, my website is MitchAstro.com or, as you said earlier, JupiterRising.com. Okay. Either one will take you there. Mitch Astro is easier to remember. Okay. And my, and my email is MitchAstro at AOL. Okay. So if somebody I, wants you to do their chart, they can just go to MitchAstro.com and sign up, and you will get back in touch with them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, cool. Hey, you guys, we are going to go to break here. 
And we are with Mitchell Scott Lewis. The book is called Murder in the Eleventh House. He's an astrologer. He's from New York, and he's going to give us some predictions when we come back. This is Nancy Earl, and we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. want to thank you so much for listening to the show. Now, welcome back to The High Road. Hi, it's Nancy Urell, and I'm here with Mitchell Scott Lewis. And gosh, Mitchell, there were so many questions I have about your book. But before we get into some of these things, I, I'm, well, I'm going to ask you a couple things I'm curious about. You know, in your book, you talk about Astro Dice. And right. you say there are three 12-sided cubes. Is that real? Is that something that somebody can oh, really yeah, purchase? They're, they're real. I've used Astro Dice for many years. Now, Nancy, tell people what you. they are. Tell people what Astro Dice are. Well, in an astrology, for those who don't know anything about astrology, you know there are 12 signs. Right. And there are 12 months of the year. By the way, there's more astrology around us than people have any idea. Right. For example, we name our, our days of the week Saturn Day. Sunday, Moon Day. Got it. They're named after. Okay. Uh, and and uh, each of the seasons begins when the sun enters each of the four cardinal signs. The first day of Aries is the first day of spring. Okay. The first day of Cancer is the first day of summer. First day of fall is the first day of Libra, and the first day of winter is the first day of Capricorn. Okay, so I didn't know that. Okay. Well, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot about astrology around us all the time, okay. uh, you know. And again, this isn't your your field of expertise, but I'll tell you, after people study a little bit of astrology, or they get a good reading from a good astrologer, or they read my books, right. sometimes they they write to me and they say to me, "I've always been interested in how can I learn? How can I study?" Yeah. And they start to, to develop a real interest in it. Right. Anyway, there are twelve signs. Right. There are twelve houses. And there are heavenly bodies that rule each of the signs. Right. Some of those are 
doubled up because we we uh, only knew about Saturn until the 1700s when Uranus was discovered, okay. and then Neptune in the 1800s, and then Pluto in 1930. Okay. And so each of those now take over some of the ancient ones. So on the 12-sided die, there will be all 12 of the signs. Okay. Another one, there will be 1 through 12 numbers representing the houses. And then there will be the planets. So you ask a question, you hold the dice in your hand. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I am very much a scientific-oriented person. While I know psychics and I know some people who are remarkably talented, uh, I have to see it in the astrology chart before I will believe it. So I'm not that much into what we call divination. Right. I believe that astrology is a science. You ask a question, I use a half a dozen charts. Sometimes I'll use 30 charts to come up with an answer, especially when it comes to an election like we're coming up against. Or I, I, you know, I do the stock market. I I was in the mercantile exchange for many years. So I predict a lot of things about the markets. I predicted this crash we're in now. I was doing lectures. Oh my God, I was doing lectures up and down the East Coast. And on any radio show, they would let me to beg people to please, especially if you were older, take your money out of the stock market for the time being. You can always put it back in again. And I've gotten dozens of emails from people saying, thank God I listened to you. My husband and I took our money out and now I can sleep at night. Now, of course, they're all asking, when do we put it back in again? Yeah, and that's the question. When when should Now, I think, I'm just going to tell you, I'm an intuitive. And so I feel like things are going to start getting better in June. What does it say astrological for the United States? Will the economy start to be better? When will it be better? We're looking looking at a two-pronged situation. Okay. Uh, what I've said in the lectures, and uh, and the, the some of the some of the uh, webinars and things are out there. That, you know, if anybody needs to want something, contact me. I'll I'll, put, I'll send you a link or something. Um, I always said there would be a two prong economic problem. I did not see the pandemic. I was okay. not looking for it. Okay. I've been lecturing that we are due for a pandemic for many years, but so have a lot of other people. Right. I wasn't looking for it. I said that 2020 would be an extremely volatile year in the markets. There would be point spread, you know, point so thousand points up and down, just like we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Then I thought things would calm down in the summer and into the fall. And right after, as as Voltaire once said, God is a comedian playing to an audience that's afraid to laugh. <laughs> right after the inauguration, no matter who wins, right, we're probably going to see a second crash. Oh, you do think we will? January, February of twenty twenty one, and this is all based on astrology. Okay. Not on my psychic abilities. I've been accused of being psychic because right. I come up with so many remarkable answers for people's questions. And maybe, who knows? Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I, I don't care. I if think I we all have a little bit. I think we've oh, all I got agree. intuitive abilities. Yeah. Now, do you, see, do you see Trump getting back in? No. Really? I think he will. You don't see well, him getting back in. You know, Nancy, I could be wrong. Just oh, like no, I I'm said just... on George Nori's show, I predicted the same thing. George yeah. said, well, you know, now you're on national radio. I said, George, I could be wrong. He yeah. said, yeah, you could be. Yeah. 
He'll have me back on the show. It's okay, you know. Can't yeah. be right all the time. No, that's. Fine. I predicted. I predicted both the George W. Bush's elections. I predicted both of Obama's elections. Okay. I did not think that that Trump would win in 2016. So okay. I and I did, wrong. and I did. I felt it. That's so weird. Okay. No, yeah. It's, but so you, it's, it's okay to be wrong. Yeah. You know, as my brother says, as long as you, you're willing to continue to predict. People yeah. will listen to you. Well, will the, do you predict that the economy will be better in, uh, will start to pick back up and you say it's going to crash again? And then what? Well, here's what the problem is. Okay. As soon as they start opening up the states, which okay. they're doing, if they do it carefully, we can ease our way back. Obviously, the economy is is on what what uh, one, one economist referred to as a medically induced coma. Right. This was not a natural occurring thing. I mean, it was natural in that the virus was natural, so to speak, wherever it originated. But what has happened is we shut down, everything shut down instantly. Right. It's not going to start up the same way. Uh, in other countries, the governments of Germany and Britain and other countries are giving thousands of dollars a month to everybody to ensure that there is no massive collapse of the middle class. Here they sent us a check for $1,200. What is that going to do if it costs you $5,000 a month to pay your mortgage and feed your family? Right. It's not doing anything. Right. It's, it's a, a pittance. It's, it's like giving somebody $50 and a cigar to, you know, to vote a certain To way. appease them to a certain amount of time, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not fair. Right. Bailing out large corporations that have already been bailed out twice in the recent history, in 2008, and then again in 2017, with the tax cuts, uh, is ridiculous. And they are ignoring the middle class. Right. We could avoid that second crash by pouring money where it will do the most good. And that's into small business, right? Small business, mm-hmm. individuals. Right. You know, there are people who are not getting the $1,200 because they're overdrawn on their checking account or they don't have a checking account because they're too poor, or they owe back, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, child support. I mean, you can argue the the ethics of all of it. I don't even want to get into that. Everybody's got their feelings about politics. When I do astrology, I I try my best to leave the politics on the side. I look at the the astrological charts of the people running for the office, Mm -hmm. but not just that. A lot of astrologers will say to you, well, you know, Trump has this or that in his chart. Biden has this or that. I don't think that's that important. I have a, I have a number of friends in show business. They, they're up for Grammys or Emmys or Oscars. And they call me up and they say to me, am I going to win? Yeah. <laughs> Jupiter's in my 10th house. Shouldn't I win? I said, and then first of all, I have to see the charts of everybody else that's running against you. Right. Second of all, you've been nominated for a Grammy. Be happy about that. how huge that is? Yeah. Okay, you're running for president of the United States. Whether you win or you lose, there's got to be a certain amount of energy in your chart to create that. Mm-hmm. I'm more concerned with America's chart and the chart of the individual and how it lays on top of America's chart. I see. I and see. then I look at a, a number of charts that you and many of your listeners may not be uh, conscious of. Right. Uh, secondary progress charts, solar arc directed charts. I don't want to get, I don't want to lose people in the astrology. So I want to make it as simple as possible. Right. So I look at Trump and Biden's charts. Donald Trump has some very, very difficult aspects this year. He's, he's got his hands full at the moment. 
Right. Whatever you think of him. Look at the mess that, he, that is happening in our country. Mm-hmm. This is not the easiest period of his presidency, certainly. So whatever happens, it's going to be a difficult road for him for the next year. He's got to balance and, and, and handle a great many different things. Also, Donald Trump's chart, when it falls on top of America's chart, it's an aspect that America has. We have Mars square Neptune. We are a, a little bit of a paranoid society. Mm-hmm. We always have been. Look at the McCarthy era. There are different times in our history when things get very, very frightening and we, we react more out of fear than right. out of common sense. Right. I agree with that. And uh, Mr. Trump's chart falls on top of that aspect. And in some ways, he got elected uh, to some extent out of the fear that many people were feeling. They were feeling left out. They didn't have anybody they believed in. They didn't believe in government. They wanted a massive change. So they went to Donald Trump. Right. And I know quite a number of people uh, who said to me, I, you know, I usually vote Democrat or, or they voted for Obama and then they switched to, to Trump. Right. And uh, in my opinion, he, he, he uses that. He, he works with that because he knows that that worked for him. Right, right, right. Joe, so, Biden, Joe Biden's chart is different. Okay. He's got Jupiter on top of America's Mercury. It's a more gentle, kind of optimistic point of view. And, and my gut feeling is, from looking at many charts, not just one or two, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, I'm going to do a webinar just on the election so that I can show other astrologers and anybody's interested right. how I come to my conclusions. Right. Um, I, I think that what the nation might, might be looking for now is, you know, Uncle Joe, tell us a bedtime story. We're tired of, of the, the, the fighting back and forth, with, you know, and the separation, and, and there's such a rift between the parties. I'm not sure we're ever going to heal that in, in the next few years. I think this is a, an ongoing battle. We need to find common ground. Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, listen, we're getting ready to go to commercial break. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Hey, you guys, we're here today with Mitchell Scott Lewis. The books are Murder in the 11th House, Murder, I think the other one's Murder in the... Death in the the 12th house. I have them all written down here. But um, you guys, you can find them on his website. You can go to, um, it's Mitch, or is it Mitch Astro or AstroMitch.com? No, no, MitchAstro.com. MitchAstro.com. This is Nancy Ura. We'll be right back. We'll be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, 
sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle Sparking Wholeness. And now let's get back to the show. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, this is Nancy Urell, and we're here today with Mitchell Scott Lewis. And you guys, he's talking to us uh, about what's going to happen here in the United States and, and what's going on around the world. What do you see happening for the world, Mitch? Well, things are changing. Okay. And, they, and they're going to change rather radically. Now, when, when, when people look for a radical change, they expect that overnight, you know, the whole world's going to change. China's going to go out of business, and that's not the way the world works. Right. It takes a long time for changes to happen. We think in very short periods of time. We don't live that long. 80, 90, if you're really unlucky, 100 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to us, 20 years is a massive amount of time. And so we think that, well, the world is going to change so radically, and it is. And it does. And sometimes something comes along that really boosts that change. Okay. This pandemic is certainly a massive changing energy. It's not just the pandemic, it's the economic pandemic. Right. What's happening here, you know, uh, while they, you know, in 1918, the influenza came in a number of waves. The first wave happened in March. 1918. And astrologically, Neptune, which rules infections, was conjunct Saturn, which is the planet of restriction. And so the flu came, a number of people died, most people recovered from it. They didn't think too much of it because Saturn was restricting the virulence of the of the virus. And they sent everybody off to war and blah blah blah. In the fall, the aspect had changed. Now Saturn was in opposition to Uranus, the planet of explosive change, explosive, unpredictable. And when these two planets come in contact, that was the crash in 2008. Saturn opposed Uranus. Right on top of the New York Stock Exchange's Mars. That's why I predicted the crash so correctly, within weeks of its occurrence, more than a year in advance. Okay. Um, And what happened was that everybody came home from the war from the trenches, they went to all the countries, you know, everybody brought the virus back with them. Right. Everybody wanted to honor the returning soldiers, so they had huge parades in all the cities without covering them faces, without social distancing. And the virus, which had now mutated, killed between 50 and 100 million people in a matter of months. It's crazy. Now, when you think of those numbers, what we've done here, it's a little draconian. New York in particular, you can't go into a store without a mask. 
I don't leave my house without it. I tend to be a little claustrophobic. I don't like it around my face. It makes me nuts. Right. And I wear glasses, which fog up all the time. And I have to blow my nose, you know. But I'm to catch this thing, I, I know a number of people who have caught it and gotten over it. Right. But it's taken them a long time. And they have a recurring cough. And I know quite a number of people who are dying. And do, you see York, it, do you see it coming back in the fall? I'm afraid that I do. Okay. Because the aspect is changing. Saturn is going to square Uranus in the fall. Okay. Actually in January, January, February. Of 2021. 2021. And when in 1918, Saturn was in opposition to Uranus. Now, this is not 1918. Right. We know much more than we knew. We know how to handle things. Uh, even, even though New York City is the epicenter right now of this, what Cuomo did do by implementing social distancing and masks and the rest of it and closing everything down certainly limited. We could have had a million cases in New York alone. Right. And he did limit the damage that was done. And uh, my concern right now, I, I understand why people want to open the economy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, know, you know, everybody's, everybody's dying. They're, right. they're starving to death. They can't right. feed their families. Right. But, you know... Uh, tattoo parlors? Seriously? Is that really essential? Um, the point is, if it's done properly and we ease our way back and the economic situation doesn't get so severe. This morning, the stocks opened up over 400 points. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they're opening it up again. Remember, these, these people aren't trading what's happening today. When you trade stocks, you trade futures. Right. They are literally betting on what the future might bring. Right. So they're betting on next month or next year or 20 years from now if you're buying AT&T or IBM or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they opened up over five, 400 points up. And then the, the consumer sentiment numbers came out, which tell us how people are feeling about the economy. Mm-hmm. Last time I looked, the NASDAQ was down about 80 points. And the Dow was almost an even. Okay. Dropped 400 points in a matter of an hour, an hour and a half. And that's what we're going to see, more ups and downs, more swings in this. As I keep saying and I keep begging this country to do, we are the richest country in the world by far. Take care of your people. Right. Don't, you know, uh, subway crime is up in New York. Other crimes are down, but burglaries breaking and entering, and subway crimes are up. People don't have food. You've seen the lines of people are, are standing. Yeah, I cars. know. I have. And so you say that this is not going to get any better come the first of the year, even with a different president and everything, you say it's going to get worse. Well, first of all, let me tell you, whoever wins the White House, whichever one of them wins, uh, is inheriting a mess. Right. This is not going away suddenly. You can't snap your fingers. But, you know, again, this is, this has nothing to do with my politics. So please, no, if I'm your with listeners, you. if I'm your with listeners you. like Mr. Trump, that's fine with me. I've got lots of friends who go vote on either party. It doesn't matter. Right. In 1929, we had a stock market crash. Everybody's heard about it. Right. What most people don't know is that we had another crash in 1931 that was five times deeper. Okay. In 1929, the markets crashed, 
and then they rallied them back up again about a third of the way, and then they went like this for about a year, and then they crashed in 1931 five times. So is this a repeat? If that that had not happened, they would not have elected FDR, and Herbert Hoover would have had a second term. I see. And who knows what our country would look like today. I see. So now I'm not, again, it's not my politics. If I only use my, my political point of view for everything, well, yeah. I, I, I consider myself an independent. I vote for the person that I think will do the best job for the country. Now, what do you think well, about, um, but as far as the economy goes, do you think that you think it's going to crash again at the beginning of the year, the stock market, and then what do you think? I think there's a, there is a good chance that it will, and I think what will make it crash is the bonds and the currencies. Okay. It will be a debt-fueled crash. Okay. And what then happened what? Here, what happened here was the market crashed because we shut down the economy. Right. There were, nobody was making anything. Obviously, the stock market's going to crash, and it crashed severely. It's already pulled back about a third. That's what they call a bear market rally. Right. About a third of the way back up. Now, it's trying to find its footing. Where does it go? It goes up 600, goes down 600. And I expect that that's going to continue for a while. If they open up certain states and the states look okay, and there aren't a lot of new cases of the coronavirus, you're going to see a market rally like like nobody's business. Cool. There'll be thousands and thousands of points. They're going to rally this thing up. What happens when our debt comes due? Right. And we can't pay. Right now, the 10, I don't know what you know about finances, but the 10-year bond is at the lowest point it's been in our history. Oil was at negative. I know. Yeah. To to take their oil. Right, right. Okay. These are not bullish things. Remember, the stock market, also the stock market is not an indication of our economy. The stock market is an indication of the stock market only. Right. From 1931 to 1938, stock market pretty much rallied in the middle of the worst depression we've ever seen. People living on the streets, eating whatever they could find. And the stock market rallied because, well, among other things, the Roosevelt administration put millions of people to work with their public uh, programs like the Tennessee Valley Authority, which put electricity in the South. Do you think that'll that? happen again where they'll bring people to build up our infrastructure? Absolutely. That's what I think too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my concern is who's in charge of it. Right. This bothers me because, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, government, look, look, again, I don't want to get to the politics of it, but, but uh, some people don't believe in a strong federal government and some people do. Right. Now, what do you feel about the oil industry? You were just talking about that. I'm in Texas today, and boy, it's really changed the economy and made things difficult here. Yeah, so what do you see happening with that? Because I know a lot has to do with Russia and, uh, you know... um, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, exactly. So what do you feel about the oil? Oil is a dying commodity. Okay. It's going to take a generation... But again, things don't happen as quickly as we think they are. Okay. It is a dying commodity. It has no future anymore. Okay. In fact, there's a reason why Exxon and many of the other big companies are investing heavily in solar, wind. Electric cars. Right, electric cars, yeah. thermal. You know, you can stick a pole into towards the middle of the earth and get enough heat to heat your entire city. Right. 
And, and there are ways that they can make money off of it. I'm not an anti-capitalist. You know, we live in a capitalist society. So build the, the solar panels, set them up, put the energy into the, the, the uh, uh, system, right. and then charge people for the electricity. It's, you know, that's, that's how capitalism works. But using oil and coal, oh, my God, coal? Seriously? It's like, it's like the dark ages, right? Yeah, exactly. There's no reason for coal anymore at all. And, you know, and of course, you know, America is the number one exporter of fossil fuels right now. Right. Hey, listen, we got about a minute to break. I'm, I'm hoping that um, when, you, when we come back from break, you'll talk a little bit uh, more about what you see for the future of the United States, and uh, we'll talk some more about your books. Hey, you guys, I'm here today with Mitchell Scott Lewis. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'm holding this book up. It's called Murder in the 11th House. It's really awesome. This is Nancy Earl, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back with The High Road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website at nancyyearout.com to sign up for her online classes or to book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better, to create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles, entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. On Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on iTunes and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive.
want to thank you so much for listening to the show. Now, welcome back to the high road. Hi, it's Nancy Yearout, and we're here with astrologer Mitch Scott Lewis. Hey, Mitch, thanks for coming on today. You know, people are feeling crazy, and my big thought about everything, I'm going to ask you about this because I'm a spiritual kind of girl, and so I just feel like, you know, I hear about the age of the Aquarius, and I feel like we're, we're at home, and, and we're made to sit, and we're starting to realize the important things in life, and maybe it's not uh, material items, maybe it's each other. I'm really feeling good that maybe this was a, a positive thing, that maybe we'll realize what's important in life. Do you see anything spiritual in your astrology charts? Of course, Nancy. I'm also a very spiritual person. Cool. I've been I've been meditating since I was a kid. Oh wow! And I have studied with many spiritual people, and I've gone on many retreats. And I I, I wouldn't have stayed in astrology, frankly, if I didn't believe that we could change things. Nice. If I thought it was all preordained, well, I go to the psychic on the corner. She'll tell me you're going to meet a girl on the subway who's got a lot of money, just divorced her husband. <laughs> Jump on the subway. But I don't think that's the way life works. I think we have free will. I agree. Uh, I, I believe that there is, and if you read my posts, if you follow me on Facebook or on my website, if you sign up on my website, you get all the posts sent right to your email. Oh, cool. uh, I always find this, the, the, the positive in things. If I'm giving a reading to somebody, you know, I have people because they do medical astrology who are very, very sick. They say to me, I have you know, stage three lung cancer. What do you see? Oh, my God. So I try to find the most positive that I can for it. Right. Well, I think that this, that you're absolutely right. This pandemic has shown us what's most important for me is other people. Mm-hmm. My health, perhaps first, and then companionship. Mm-hmm. And I'm isolated here in my apartment in New York City. Thank God I have a view of the East River. With the right wind, I could throw myself into it. Maybe. <laughs> um, but I do have a great view and a lot of green outside, thank God. And I have a Sagittarius rising, so I need to see wide spaces. Um, this is telling us, teaching us a great and very valuable lesson. There's no no question about it. What what we need to do, first of all, we got very, we became a very piggy society. Yeah. There's an old saying on Wall Street, bulls make money, bears make money, pigs get slaughtered. Right. You have to take into account that there are many people out there who need help. Yeah. And if you're not helping them, you're not helping yourself. Uh, For obvious reasons, if somebody's poor and they can't eat, they're going to hit me over the head and take my wallet. So I just assume everybody made a living. But on a more spiritual level you know when I get a text now from a friend I mean, it really brightens my day hey you thought of me isn't that yeah. great yeah. you're stuck in your house I'm stuck in mine how are you doing I hope you're well yeah. and I think that this is we're going to come out look we're going to we're going to get over this we get over everything right we're not America's not going out of business a stock market crash frightened the hell out of everybody. Obviously, people are looking at their 401ks and they want to commit suicide. The markets always come back. 
if they if you look at a, a chart of the Dow for the 100 years, which I use PowerPoints in my lectures, about 80% of the time, markets go up, except when they don't. So do you see, and I have a question, because everybody keeps talking, oh, everybody wants a one-world government. I don't see that. I think that we're going to stay... I think that United States will say the United States. Do you see that in the charts? It could go any one of several ways. Okay. A one world government isn't going to happen. You know, I'm a big fan of Star Trek. <laughs> and one of the reasons why, besides the fact that I love science fiction, is that Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry, was a real visionary. Yeah. I think he was a true genius. He created this universe that takes place in the future which gives us hope about a future. It's a future where there is no money. Mm-hmm. It's a future where there's one world government and not just one world government, but many planets come together and create this, you know, the United Federation of Planets and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened in Europe when it became the European Union after a thousand years of slaughtering each other over, you know, the silliest things in the world. Right. Uh, was a step forward for humanity. I'm not sure that the European Union looks all that stable right now. Brexit, we don't even know what the effects of that is going to be. And because of what's happened in Italy and in Spain and in other places, uh, the euro is very shaky at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it was a step forward to try and create a United States of Europe. Right. We really are the leaders of the world. We have been for a long time since really after the Civil War. That's when we started to really take control. Mm-hmm. It was really a little later in the 1800s, but that's when we became, when it, really after the Spanish-American War. That, that was it. Then we became the world, one of the world leaders. And we need to get back to, to the place where we don't feel like we're red and blue states Republican Democrats. I know I we need to come this. together. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. If we don't find if we don't find some sort of a of a union of a joint effort, I don't. Then I don't know what's going to happen in this country. Do you see astrologically us connecting again? The potential is certainly there. Good. What makes us? You know, I always say people don't change until they're in pain. Right. Oh, that's true. Or unless they have to. Why bother? Why bother? <laughs> right. Hey, exactly. You know, I got money in the bank. I got a you know a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a whatever friend. Yeah. And uh, things are going okay. And, you know, so what the hell would I take care of it? Until the doctor says you have one more cigarette, and you're going to be dead. Oh my God! I'm going to quit. I give up. Well, we can't keep doing what we're doing to ourselves. Right. And what this virus and this crash is showing us is that our differences are much less than our similarities. Correct. I love that. We all have the same problem. Right. How do I eat? How do I stay healthy? How do I find love? How do I find, you know, I mean, I know people won't date somebody from the other party, you know. That's crazy, yeah. Or or Thanksgiving (laughs) dinners where you can't invite this relative or that, you know. I know, because people don't get along. Yeah, it's crazy. It's enough. It's enough. It's nuts. Yeah, we need to connect again. Yeah. We are are a divorced couple, (laughs) is the way it sounds to me, or a couple that is on its way to divorce. Right. We're shouting at each other across a kitchen table because we can't hear the other person any longer. Just like a couple who come to me for a reading and they say, we don't know what to do. But do you see that change and you see it's possible? Oh, very much. 
I think that's my biggest, and that's why I'm here. And that's why I do this show actually, Mitch, is to try to bring people together and, and show them that we are spiritual beings. We've gotten so far away from being spiritual beings. I guess my job here while I'm here is trying to bring everybody back to be connected and to raise the consciousness here on the planet and become more connected to the divine. And then you're doing good work. Thank you. You're doing wonderful humanist work. I always call myself a humanist astrologer. I love it. Because it's all about people. Right. And, and you know, while we do astrology, what we call mundane astrology, that's world events, what's happening to a country, whereas Russia, Saudi Arabia, blah, blah, blah. We look at a lot of charts of countries and things like that. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is that when I do astrology, it's got to do with the person. Mm-hmm. And whether the person is the president of the United States or somebody who comes to me because they, they, they just lost their dog and they're heartbroken. Right. I try to find a way to, to boost them up. I look for, always for the best. Now, if I have bad news to tell somebody, I don't, I'm not a Pollyanna. I tell them what's, you know, what's going on, but I say, mm-hmm. look, you're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. And you do. I have many clients. Right now, I'm dealing with a handful of people who are having very, very rough times. And some of them will call me, you know, regularly every couple of weeks. They want, they need a, a booster shot, basically. Yeah. And some people only have a reading once or twice a year. It doesn't matter. Whatever they need on the mm-hmm. And one of them I've been talking to regularly uh, because he's going through a very, very confusing period. Mm-hmm. And it's important that I remind him that it's all just smoke and mirrors. Uh, I know. You are set within yourself. If you know your own soul mm-hmm. and you can connect to that, you'll get through anything. I, I, have a new, I have a song that I wrote a number of years ago for a musical I was working on. Uh, the song is called And I Wonder Sometimes. And I think I'm going to pop it out on Facebook and on my website. Uh, it's not a record. I didn't produce it. It was just a demo for the show. And I did it with two of my dearest, dearest friends who have lost both of them. Oh, one to colon sorry. cancer, the, the other to Alzheimer's. And uh, uh, when I listen to the song, I, I break out in tears because I miss them. I'm sorry for uh, your it's loss. Such a, yeah. It's such an important song, and it's about today. Uh, and the last line of it, and, and I, if I reach out my hand, is there anyone there? In the end, I, I know I'll be all right. And, and it's a very positive song. Um, because that's exactly what we have to do. Well, yeah, we're, we're not alone. Right, exactly. And I, I always say that we're never alone. We, we need to realize that we are spiritual beings and, and we, do, um, we do have the divine. And I believe that there's angels and, and the people who have passed all around us. I believe that we're never alone. I think you're probably right. Hey, Mitch, thanks for coming on today. Um, we're about out of time, but I'm going to bring you back. Will you come back and see me again? I'll read your next book, man. <laughs> you guys, you read my books. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I have to tell you, it was a pleasure. And just so you guys know, um, pick this up at Amazon. You can go to Mitch's uh, website, MitchAstro.com, and uh, check out. You can sign up for one of his readings. And uh, this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. Mitch, thanks for coming. Thank you, Nancy. It was great to meet you and great chatting with you.
It was a pleasure. And you guys, we'll talk to you next week. See you later. Hey, you guys, join me next week on The High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know that by staying on The High Road, you will make it to your destination. Visit my website, nancyyearout.com, where you can book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. And check out my YouTube channel. It's Nancy Yearout's High Road to Humanity. Oh,